Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Are you familiar with the chode? <laughs> it's a... In the, the medical definition of... I don't believe it's a medical word, but it's, it refers to a thing that could be medical. It's a well, small penis, right? Well, I I don't I, I don't think it's classed as small. I think it's misshapen. Oh, and um, and I it's it's a word that uh, I love the word, but I've got no u- reason to use it on a weekly basis. So um, I only found out about chodes about a year ago from that TV okay. program where people reveal themselves completely naked um, and then go on a date. Oh, that's, naked attraction. That's maybe? right. That's nearly always an unsuccessful um, attempt at partnering. But honest, um, I've never watched that show. I've seen little bits of it, but oh well, I think you ought to. But <laughs> don't, but don't... I realise the choice of phrase there. I've seen little bits of it. It's not. I didn't mean that like that. So, but the reason why I'm mentioning the word "chode" at the beginning of the podcast is because uh, you know that the the multiple shapes and sizes of gear shifters on cars through the ages. Hmm. Have you noticed how sometimes the ratio of kind of gaiter to um, to length of stalk, as it were? <laughs> you can say shaft, it's all right. Shaft. Um, so sometimes it's a very stubby affair, buried, semi-buried in a gaiter, quite a... Certainly old cars, some of them were very heavily upholstered gaiters. Now I what don't... I used to call, for some reason, when I was a kid, I think it was a mate of mine at school coined this... The sunken pudding, for some reason. <laughs> you know, like, a great example of the sunken pudding gear shifter is the Porsche 944. Oh, yeah, that is a great the one. the gator doesn't extend like a little volcano. It's all, it's a bowl almost, a it, leather bowl. It is. <laughs> it is a leather bowl. It's so actually, the, the more you're describing it, the more I'm thinking. you buy from pervy habitat. That's, um, that I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm actually, the more we're discussing it, the more I'm thinking I might have got my terminology wrong. I'm not sure that that means it's a chode shifter because I'm thinking that chode is apparently a very wide, very short affair, but the width, I I think we're talking more about the sort of the the baggy (laughs) surplus material of the gator. Isn't that more a sunken, a buried penis syndrome? I I think it could be. Anyway. Is this, what you're describing is that this, an ex-girlfriend of mine once told me that she had a dalliance with a gentleman who, when they got to a pants-off situation, revealed his, um, his uh, old chap to be, and I'm quoting now, <laughs> like a can of Coke. <laughs> and apparently my... X immediately said to him, "That's not coming anywhere near me." No way, no. Yeah. Oh, and, no. Um, oh gosh. But the, but the but the the can of coke descriptor has haunted me ever since, and I was told this over twenty years ago. So um, you know, some things live in the memory. Forever. They do. Well, that's why you need to hire the private investigator, Chody Kid. Well, make sure that you never fall into a can of Coke embarrassing situation. Anyway, well, um, listen, no, no, no offence to Jodie Kidd. She's, she's, she's got a fantastic YouTube channel. Extremely high production values. Um, but going back to chode shifting, um, I remember my Honda S600 that I had to sell. Mm-hmm. Lovely little car. Sweet, sweet car. Sweet, sweet. Um, the one that I couldn't actually shut the door on properly on the driver's side because of my right knee. 
But anyway, um, that had a very, very, very tiny shifter and an enormous amount of gator. The ratio was was wrong, although the, the feel of the shifter was incredible. So mm. we're not going to get on the road of the feel of the shifter, but... No, uh, this is purely aesthetic. It's a purely See, aesthetic. Thought, it's purely aesthetic. When you said chode shifter, perhaps based on my misunderstanding of chode, although I don't know, although I don't know if either of us <laughs> actually know what it means now, but now that we've got into the detail. But I was thinking you meant like sort of sunken, stubby ones like um, an original MX-5. Yes, a perfect chode shift Tiny little, reference. Tiny little stubby knob-endy thing sort yeah. of sunken in a bit. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's a, that's or a strong contender. Sunken shifters par excellence. Many TVRs. Oh gosh, yeah, TVRs aren't they quite? Um, they're quite liberal with the with the gator, aren't they? It's almost the sort yeah. of NBA award suit amount of oh, surplus yeah. material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically. <laughs> there's a four person tents worth of leather, <laughs> sort of slung in a into what, the a, transmission for a three inch shifter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is like you saying it is a leather stitch salad bowl arrangement of which there's yeah. like a thumb sticking out, like a children's thumb. I mean, I haven't looked this up. I'm imagining in my head the shifter on, say, a, I don't know, a Griffith or a Chimera <laughs> or something from the 90s. Yeah. You could keep a couple of apples and some citrus fruit <laughs> around the beer leaf at, at rest. There we go. You see, it's people moan about um, car, older cars not having cup holders, and that is that's I know that's that, that's the case. But maybe inside the surplus Gator fabric, you could store. You go, oh no, I've got stuck in a traffic jam. I got stuck in a, an emergency traffic jam yesterday, and I thought, if oh. only I had some of those sesame snaps and a banana <laughs> inside the inside the Gator. Brilliant. Ooh, I've just looked this up. Yeah, uh, Griffith. We're misremembering this then. What the Griffith has got is, and it is very NBA award ceremony suits. It's got a huge amount of sort of rumpled up leather. <laughs> it looks like it's sort of, has the it? leather's like piled around the shifter. The shifter ball and shaft is probably <laughs> about six inches long, but you only see the ball because it's then, they've just sort of scrunched a load of leather around it. <laughs> like they're trying to hide it in a really khaki way. Is that Jody? Oh, is that Jody? No, and there's another no. picture here of a, of a Griffith 500. That's better. The leather's better finished. There's less of it, what and a, there is a sort a, of bowl, but it's not. It's not a fruit bowl. It's not. A, I misremembered the fruit bowl. What about a Cerbera? Cerbera. Let's have a look. Surely a Cerbera interior. Maybe that's got no. Same sort of thing. Just yes, a, a, a huge, a huge amount of what looks like offcuts of leather. Just sort of. <laughs> Bunched the world of leather, it, in a sort it. of khaki way that you try and hide something before a visit <laughs> from royalty. It's like what, like um, you've broken something on the windowsill, so just put the curtains all around the windowsill, yeah. <laughs> just hang them a little bit. I'm, oh I'm, wait, now I'm, hang on. Here's a Cerber interior, and this has got a much more. I mean, I wouldn't say tight fitting gator. The gator is still, but it's but it's not as baggy maybe because it's a later car they'd gone with the they're following the suit trends of the day so the shifter gator is 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 less baggy and there is a distinct sort of bowl at the bottom that you could definitely keep some nectarines in i think nectarines can Mm. so i invite any listener who bothers to listen to this horrendous podcast (laughs) where you think it's going to talk about cars and it talks about 10 percent. we are talking about cars we are, but unfortunately, we're weaving in content about <sighs> inevitably sort of buried yes. penis syndrome um, in the centre console of your car. Yes, um, that's that's it. So I well, would, I want to know what is the ultimate chode shifter or buried. See again, maybe we don't know the correct terminology here, but mm. buried penis syndrome of a manual <laughs> shift car, because then we have to weave in the another genre of. A shifter which is normally reserved for the auto box which is the mm. which is the broad-headed uh the, the cobra the, mm. the the cobra head shifter we've discussed this before i think haven't we where it's it it's it very very wide top quite a thin base and of course it has a button in the side or the front to activate from park to drive etc a t-bar 
It's a well. It's either a strict tea bar, but if it comes out into, I've seen ones before. In fact, my Tokyo Taxi Cedric, I think, has a bit of a cobra head. Mm. Um, and I think I remember the Hyundai XG30 having a particularly good Ooh, king, king cobra. I think like, it might have. It's funny because I do associate that sort of cobra head style with <laughs> Japanese car companies. I think the Honda Legend did that have a cobra head. Second generation had an, a quite remarkable cobra head. <laughs> Because it was very long as well. <laughs> Do you know what? It just sounds like, again, an ultimate fighting thing. Cobra Head versus Chody Shifter. <laughs> Chody Shifter? What, the Not, F1 tribe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he lends his farm to Chris Evans every year so he can come and trash yeah. it with a load of tents. That's right, Chody Shifter. <laughs> 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 oh gosh! Sorry, apologies. Well, I won't be able to look at him the same way, but uh, that's. I did. I, I never knew that a very, very short, wide penis won the nineteen seventy nine um, Formula One championship <laughs> in a Ferrari. But anyway, <laughs> that's why you tuned into this podcast, is it not? Uh, okay, I'm just going to send my search history to ribbons by searching chode. It's not coming up with anything. Why is that? Have I got How a, are you spelling it? C-H-O-A-D? C-H-O, no, C-H-O-D-E. Is that not right? Well, I don't know, Richard. Not, I don't... Do you know it's not doing it? For some reason, it just it's still showing me pictures of TVR. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happens when you search for chode. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's not, it's not necessarily very good. Um, Do you think we should move on? To just chat about... <laughs> About domes, about embarrassing-looking short domes. Uh, but I think the 944 is a good one. But I invite any listener of this cast um, to say, what is the ultimate sort of buried penis syndrome uh, gear shifter that you, you know of in a road car? Uh, well, or a race car, frankly. Um, I mean, there's some crooked ones. We haven't gone down the crooked route. Uh, is it always the... Which is the one where the lever comes out of the transmission tunnel and goes away from the driver? I think it's a Shelby Cobra. Yes. It actually bends yes, it's away got a funny from the dog driver. leg in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it looks a little bit like, again, you know, you, I suppose you, you can reference male anatomy a little bit, but it's a sort of slightly crooked one, isn't it, that's maybe... It's been in the, uh, been in the Tanga briefs for too long. I think also um, the people in the 60s used to put gear lever extensions on minis, didn't they, that had it well, sometimes a bit crooked. That's right, to bring it back to the driver a little. Yeah. Um, also, many Alfa Romeos where the lever didn't sort of sprout directly out, <laughs> at, sort of vertically, <laughs> it, it kind of it came out at an angle. Side sprouter. Yeah, side sprout. I think they tried to replicate that on later cars, but I'm sure there was a technical reason why they were like that originally. But it was always a bit unusual. Anyway, yeah. well, if you've got any thoughts on gear levers of any sort that you'd like to share with us, hello at smithandsniff.com is our email address. If you're a patron, you can send us a message through the Patreon. Um, we will read it, even if we'll forget to reply, as often happens. But we we do our best. I'd like to um, find the ultimate Cobra head. Auto shifter, the ultimate. Mm. What's unnecessarily huge? I, I remember the Fiat Panda actually has an unnecessarily large gear knob. It's huge. It's you almost oh, have the, to extend the current one. I can't remember if it's the current one or the one before the current. But I remember go, getting in it and thinking it's a quite a you know it's a small car, and it's quite sort of dainty in many ways. But it just seems to be that somebody. When they sent the sort of CAD file for the gear knob, I think they might have scaled it up a bit much. And then by the time they had them all moulded, they were like, ah, oh, bollocks, just yeah. put them on. It's the current one where it is. Because it? they've, they've followed that, what do they call it, the squircle theme, you know, so sort of round-shouldered squares, hmm. essentially. And so, like, the instrument Cortex surrounds. Yeah, Cortic. And even the steering wheel on those original current-shaped pandas was, was quite Cortic. And it is, you're right, the shifter is, it's got a sort of soft-edged square top, but then it is, it's a bulky bastard. It's almost as bulky as, do you remember the Aston V12 Vantage manual? Oh, that was a big penis shifter. And the Aston DBS of the same era had the same massive metal gear lever, and it was like trying to change gear holding a robot's head. It was horrible, (laughs) you just kind of... (laughs) Although weirdly, it annoyed me in the DBS and I loved the V12 Vantage so much that I sort of didn't care anymore. But um, it was a weird 
shifter. Would you like to? Would you? Would you machine down a little JDM style kind of light bulb shape? Ooh, you know those like, a, like on a on an S two thousand. Exactly like that, and I've actually. I'm actually staring at one on the mantelpiece right now um, that's going on my Insight that's been oh. made from melted down and then remachined um, bottle tops, plastic bottle tops. Oh. It's fantastic. Company called Toxic Knobs on Instagram. <laughs> Honestly, it's still, it's, oh, not about, it's not about dicks. It's, it's actually that. about gear knobs. Yeah, that's good. It's nice. Now, uh, it's, it's kind of apposite that you mentioned the gear knob on the Fiat Panda. Because um, I um, I was talking a few weeks ago about the Panda 100 horsepower. Oh, I really? I, I hadn't realised. And on yeah, the live, I mentioned it. The live event and as on the well. live thing when the Fiat Panda 100 horsepower Mafia turned up and tried to bully me into buying one. Um, and the strange thing is that it worked because I've just bought a Panda 100 horsepower. Have you really? Mm, picked it up yesterday. You've you've succumbed. Is this I've this succumbed. is Stockholm syndrome? I know. Isn't well, it? I realise this. I've mentioned on this podcast two cars that I've sort of had an inexplicable craving for. And the first one was a supercharged Range Rover. There was no logic to it, except we sort of did need a new family car. And then I went and bought one of those. It's almost like by saying it on the podcast, it's like, it's like going over a pencil mark with ink. It's stuck. I'm and trying to, to think, make good on it. I've got to think so, about what I say now on this podcast. Well, I'm just going to be very wary of what <clears> I say. If I suddenly say to you in a future episode, God, I've been looking at Di Tommaso Pantera's quite a lot recently. Just yeah. stage an intervention <laughs> because I can't, I can't keep doing this. But yeah, I, I, the thing about mentioning that I had a craving for a Panda 100 horsepower was that then I got lots of people getting in touch with me, many of whom were trying to sell Panda 100 horsepowers. And did you buy one from someone who was touting to you? Yeah. Well, it was a bit funny, actually, because it was a, a guy got in touch on Twitter. Well, he just sort of replied to a tweet, I think. And he said that he got... He sent me a picture of two sort of in a lockup. And um, What, a hostage situation? Sale. Did he yeah, have a... <laughs> did he have like a chain to a radiator. Did he have a gun pointing um, at one of their windscreens and said, this one yeah. will get it if you don't buy it? Give us one. money or the panda gets it. Uh, and then he, it turns out is he just refurbed it with a mate, and it was his mate's car. So he put me in touch with his mate, and uh, we had a bit of a chat. But I couldn't really justify buying anything unless I sold something else. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's fine. But then I sold a really nice watch that uh, that I was trying to get rid of, and that liberated some money, and that was all the excuse that I needed. Uh, so I contacted this bloke again, and we agreed a price. And uh, I went and got it yesterday from this lockup, which is actually a unit on a farm. I won't say where because I'm sure he'd appreciate me not. But it's a brilliant <laughs> setup. You'd have been really jealous of this. Oh. It's this guy, and I think it's there's five of them, and they pay what I gather is a pretty, you know, sort of token amount of money to rent this unit but they've installed a two-post lift they've got all sort of space to store loads of cars there are loads of interesting things in there i love these um, car syndication car storage syndication yeah. setups that's quite some- the setup they've got a fridge they were like oh, it's like a cold drink they've got a fridge full of drinks partly because apparently it gets incredibly hot in the summer but so you need refreshment but yeah they've got a little desk with a computer on it so you can go online and order parts for the cars you're working on and yeah all well, look sorts at, of look stuff at, in there. Well, look at TVR Cerberus shifters. Yes, example, exactly. With all your mates what are we talking around. about again? Oh, go online and have a look. So I went and picked up the car from there because um, it was a bit. Uh, this bloke was a bit of a panda rescuer, and he found this one. Uh, it was broken, and it had been owned by what sounds like an idiot. And he covered it in stickers and broken the suspension, and the pipe had popped off, and it dumped all its coolant. And he was too feckless to sort it or get it sorted. So this guy swooped in and bought it off him um, and basically did that most admirable of things, the James May style, return it to stock. Oh, nice. So he stuck OEM dampers and uh, suspension bits on it and taken all the stickers off 
and refurb the interior a bit because the seats were split so you put a new back seat and a new driver's seat and stuff and so it's, oh, wow. it's okay. not far off your sort of ghetto boxster ideal in that mechanically it seems pretty hearty but cosmetically it's a bit scruffy on the outside you know the paint's not perfect it's quite swirly it's black yeah, yeah. it's quite swirly it's got a couple of scrapes in it that are down to you know below the paint and it's got a dent in the roof and things. It's stuff that you'd only notice when you get up close, but it's like... That's, that sounds like a good candidate for a bit of paint correction. Well, I'm wondering what to do about Swirly it. Swirly black stuff, you can rescue mm. it. Uh, there are yeah. detailers that apparently listen to this podcast. I know of at least two. Um, and well, uh, they can shed some light on this. Yeah. Well, there's, there's your mate uh, who gave me some of that um, that car care stuff, that sort of hardcore things um, hardcore things yeah, yeah Upper, hardcore a few uppers chemicals. few downers yeah yeah so i was thinking i might yeah i might go out and have a little go at the paint when i've got a free moment and just see if we can uh, bring it it doesn't look bad from from a distance away the thing that annoys me more is it's got the wheels aren't black they're i, I mean i don't normally like dark colored wheels but they're okay because they're sort of they're gray they're, they're graphite the color or something. Body work. yeah they're graphite that's it that's the color and they look good. I don't mind oh, them at all, except, of course, the front ones have been curbed slightly. And, of course, that just looks gash because you can see the silver where they've been rattled against a paving stone. Well, so, get them, get them, get them refurbed. I know, but, well, I could sort of feel like oh, I could just touch them in a bit myself, except I don't know the exact colour of the wheels. So that leads you to. So here's the thing. I'll put this to you. I'll put this to the listeners as well. Is what do I do with this car? Because I've sort of got two options here. <laughs> It drives very nicely, by the way. It's like the fundamentals feel good. It pulls well. I went and picked it up from near London yesterday. And, I mean, they're not great motorway cars, but actually it got me back again. No problem at all. It just buzzes along. It's fine. The um, But the it's it was two grand. So it's like, it's one of those things where you go, if I end up getting a bit giddy, because I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have the wheels off it and I'll get them refurbed. And maybe I can have them like that lovely light gold, like on you can get on 911s now, because that looked brilliant with the white, with the black paintwork. I was like, hang on, how much does it have to have your wheels redone? It's that's you kind of end up spending like half the value of the car just on the wheels. You can, you can. There it does need new tires, not urgently, but it kind of needs new tires. <clears> I'm a bit picky about tires. I would rather kind of go OEM or high quality near as. If this I is a corner, like no. If this is a corner monster, you could get some. You could get some quite sticky tires on it because if you're not going to do tons of highway mileage, as it were, mm. yeah. you want it to be a corner monster, don't you? Probably, yeah. Although I'd like a bit of give because they're so darty and sort of small. Darty and small. You, darty and small. Coming up. Please welcome. Time. Yes, I was going to say. Freshly back <laughs> from are. their tour of the Algarve. Here we have Darty and Small. Darty and Small, Britain's most whimsical musical duo. Um, I, yeah, it's a funny one. I don't know. That's the thing. Because a part of me goes, right, I'm going to completely go to town on this car and make it absolutely brilliant and really tidy. And then there's a part of me that goes, no, don't don't get carried away. Enjoy it for what it is. It's a cheap bit of fun. Just zoom about in it. That's the thing. Do you know what? You, you're describing it. It sounds great, by the way. Um, Panda 100 HP in black. I, it sounds a bit like my um, my Insight, where it's... It's 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 wearing it's it's wearing its its mileage a bit here and there. It's telling a story with its bodywork, mm. but it's <laughs> it's got loads of life left in it. And f- the fundamentals are. And I took it out the other night as well because I'm I'm still not doing long journeys in here because I just had to had a few niggles that uh, irritated me. I took it out seventy on the motorway for you know f- uh, half an hour or so. Some hard mm. braking and it's just brilliant. That car. I keep coming back to it. Effing brilliant. Um, I'd love to have a go in your insights sometime because I haven't driven one for well since they were new. Well, actually, now here's an interesting thing. Please do. I would tell like me. to try your. Well, I'd like to try your insight because what I remember not liking about the insight when it was new was that the ride was very hard. Yeah, it's just. Well, I mean, I, I've got to. Can I? Can I put new dampers on the back before you drive mine? Yeah, I've bought some. <laughs> I've bought some aftermarket. I'm coming over tomorrow, though. So <laughs> chop chop. Stop it. I'm. Uh, I've I've bought some adjustable uh, dampers that have been developed purely for the inside because the thing about the inside oh. is at the back I think it's a weird one it's the suspension's quite hard on the front and it feels a little soft on the back and it's only because it bottoms out really easily hmm. uh, but I think that's actually not the damping I think it's the springs 
So what people do, and I might have mentioned this if I apologise if I have in a previous podcast, is people change the springs to Deo Matiz. Yes. Um, you have I think it's first generation Deo Matiz, which apparently are slightly stiffer, but not that noticeable. But they stop the thing from bottoming out. And then you put um, springs from, um, an, uh, sorry, bump stops, progressive bump stops from a Deo Matiz, which helps. Mm. And then I'm putting some adjustable gas um, shock absorbers on it and I'm really looking forward to that but when you consider it last week it clicked over 320,000 I actually had to do mm. that sad bastard pull over take a photo pull back no, onto the road allowed. thing it's very satisfying when that happens 320 the reason Come I'm on. curious about your insight in the ride is because I remember it not being great but then I remember the ride on the Panda 100 horsepower not being great and I thought I know this car before I picked it up I thought I know it's back on factory spec springs and dampers so, but a lot of people switch out at least the rear dampers for Coney's or Bilstein's, and then also people put Fiat Coupe bump stops on it. Apparently, and these ah. are all things to sort of sort out the ride. So I thought these are things to bear in mind. I would be keen to try these out because I do like a nice ride in a car, and I feel like I'm buying a car that famously had a terrible ride. It's not terrible, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely fine. It's not you know Rover seventy five smooth, but what's weird is it's it's good it's sort of like firm but controlled like you know good porsches and bmws are it's not crashy and it's bizarre i was like have i changed has the car changed what's going on is it that cars generally ride worse than they did 10 15 years ago i think cars have got firmer you know the the sort of Mm. your idea of a comfortable car like a family car non-sporting credentials mm. is definitely firmer than it was a decade ago but i just think i have no urgency i mean granted i've only driven this car for one afternoon but on that initial acquaintance and expecting the ride to be absolute dog shit i might i don't think i need to do anything to this i think it's fine i think it's you know i'd be be interested to try some changes like maybe try another one that's had stuff done to it but yeah I'm not in a rush. I thought it's like, that's going to be job one, sort the ride out. And I just don't think... Because weirdly, when they were new, I looked at buying one. I was very seriously thinking of buying one. And I was on a Top Gear shoot somewhere where we had one of the, those suspension wizards from Lotus was around. Yeah. And I remember talking to him about it. So I'm thinking of buying a Panda 100 horsepower, but the ride is really not good. Do you think there's anything I could do to sort it out? And he was like, well, I've not driven one. I've not been underneath one. But, you know, it sounds to me from reading road test there's not enough wheel travel so i reckon your best start would be with some higher quality aftermarket dampers and then you need to start looking at the springs and the bump stops and, and you know he was like you know it'd be if you buy one then uh, you know you need to just get someone who knows what they're doing to have a little look at it and i'm sure there's there's things you can do they haven't done from the factory because it's a relatively cheap car mm. and they want it to feel kind of sporty it's, it's good when you get it right so. I think, or when mm. someone else does. I mean, I, I tell you what, you can you can drive my insight shortly, and mm. you've always got to bear in mind the mileage in the back of your mind because I don't know what it drives like compared to a forty thousand miler because I haven't driven one mm. for a long time. But I'll let yeah. you drive my Beetle as well because I feel like my Beetle is driving the best it's ever driven since I've owned it. Really? Yeah, I really do. I think hmm. it's it's just fine. Again, it's bodily. You know, poor thing's a bit shabby, ignore that. But mechanically, mm. I think it probably drives the best it has. It's got good new Continentals on it. Um, mm. I've replaced any bushes that were a bit cack. All the brakes, it's been converted to dual circuit brakes. All Every line, every hose is replaced, reconditioned calipers and new ignition. Oh, man, it just... And my brother rebuilt the carb, sonic, stripped it and sonically cleaned it and then they built it, didn't they? That's what he did. And so it was giving it the old Sonics. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I need a Sonic. So you know, if we have a habit of mentioning things on this podcast that ultimately we end up with, I'm going to put out there two <laughs> things. I want a really good Sonic cleaner, okay, and and I want an absolutely like ridiculously cheap deal lease deal on a Hyundai Ionic Five. Oh, please. That I feel is is a is more of a pipe dream it is lease deals are only going one way at the moment aren't they because of your interest i know and i'm annoyed because i want an ionic five and i see them around and they still are impressing me and uh, you know what we're like we're fussy gits us motoring journalists but i desire one still really Mm. badly how long would it be if you got a sonic cleaner before you were just trying to sonically clean everything 
Um, I think it would be, say, if I went camping for a long weekend uh, without correct facilities for washing. Maybe a festival. You know, like a post-festival scenario. I'd probably <laughs> climb in. clean yourself. Yeah, do you know, like, you know, like those sort of, those sit, those walk-in open-door barrel baths that older people who have bad yeah. backs have. I'd have, yeah. I'd, I'd sonically clean from the, from the, from the belly button down. <laughs> just to shake out any nuggets. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, honestly, sonic cleaners are—they—they are—they are, they yeah. do the work of everybody. You, yeah. Or you just switch them on and walk away. My brother said that they are just for him and his line of business. They are just genius. Mm. Um, they're the engineer's dishwasher. Now, sort of local radio link. Listen, since you're, since we're talking about cleanliness, um, explain to me why you sent me a message saying you almost trod dog mess into Gordon Murray's escort. Oh gosh! Oh, um, right. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So I was at, I was at, <laughs> I was at Gordon Murray Automotive two days ago. The day after mm. I moved house, actually, pretty much. And um, this feature had been organised for a very long time. And you know where they're based on this old British oxygen uh, site in, in uh, Windlesham in Surrey? I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with it, but it's a very odd but exciting um, site where all mm. the buildings look like kind of dilapidated early 80s um, the- theme park slash leisure centre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always think it has got the look of an avant-garde leisure centre about it, hasn't it? It does. And In it, the pictures. I've never been there. Oh, it's it amazing. Like Honestly, it, the, the problem is, is it attracts a lot of urban explorers, so their security mm. is quite high. Uh, and of course, Bristol cars used to be there, and um, mm. there was a lot of uh, abandoned Bristols uh, about, which there mm. aren't anymore. Anyway, they auctioned them off. Sorry, auctioned. They auctioned. They auctioned. Okay, yeah, they did. Uh, they auctioned them off, and um, so we were uh, given the, the run of the place. We had a couple of hours with Gordon to look round um, his 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 lockup, and. Uh, to lock and up. to drive to drive 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 his car and um and it was really exciting and then when when he went back and carried on with his with his work we we I was allowed to drive the car and we were shooting the car on the premises so th- th- there's loads of gardens loads of lawns around this eighties leisure centre site <laughs> yeah. and I had to walk round from the sort of the the basement garage of his around to the front and he, there's a shortcut where you can cut through across the grass but what nobody told me was that at night it gets patrolled by guard dogs <laughs> and unfortunately dogs tend to do uh, several things and one of them is yeah. they make a bad mess and they don't take it away with them no well they haven't got hands you see no and i was wearing quite slender shoes on this because i was worried about pedal box width <laughs> and so 
I think, unfortunately, um, there's no two ways. Unfortunately, I trod in a, a terrible walnut whip about 10 paces before climbing into his own car. So I had to do, someone said I had to do the dog poo moonwalk. (laughs) 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 Picture the scene. Moonwalk. I'm basically outside the the offices of Gordon Murray and I'm on their lawn and I'm doing a really bad dog's mess moonwalk to try and rid myself of all the grot off the soles of my shoes before I get anywhere (laughs) near his vehicles. Um, so that was not ideal. That was not ideal. Um, what was quite funny, was Gordon Murray actually there for this? What like on the, on the day or? Yeah, was he watching you as you as you sort of? I'm not sure if he saw. I, I expect he was watching the CCTV of me doing the the, the <laughs> shitty moonwalk. <laughs> what the hell's he doing now? But he was no. He, I had him. I had him for a couple of hours. We had him for a mm. couple of hours to film with, and uh, it was great. He took me out in the car. And um, we had a really splendid time. The weather was ace. And that's an upcoming video on the Late Break Show. Special one. Mm. Two, actually. Mm. But when we first bumped into him in the morning, um, I saw that his Alpine was parked outside um, in his office. And he came out, shook hands, said hi, met the videographer and stuff. And he said, do you know what? He said, I've curbed my wheel this morning. I haven't curbed a wheel in years. And he pointed to it front, um, near side on the Alpine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, that's gutting. He said, yeah, I'm really annoyed. I'm really annoyed. He said, um, the problem was I've, um, I've, I, I just, I, I, I clipped the apex a bit hard. And I said, oh, <laughs> like, like, what, were you, were you on a racetrack? No, um, just my usual drive to work. But I'm, I'm used to going in a little bit harder on some of the apexes of the corners because I still feel like I'm driving my smart coupe. And he said, obviously, it's a much, much narrower car, the Smart. Um, and he actually yeah. quoted both of the wheel track, the track widths of both the cars in millimetres, <laughs> which I, I do, which I thought was amazing. He said it, he just said it really quickly. Uh, yeah. And I can't remember them myself because I'm not as intelligent as Gordon Murray. Um, but but that's, a, that's a four figure number. Yes. Being effortlessly quoted. Four figure numbers, two. two. Mm. And it was lovely. And, and then. Um, we carried on talking about this, that, and, and and the rest of the day. But when we went into his underground lair garage, which is beautiful, mm. the smart coupe is not in the main room with the display, but I did clock it. It's amongst all the sort of exhibition stuff they have and some pro, like mules and bucks and stuff that's sitting so around. He's still got it. He's still got it, and it's under. Oh. I've taken a photograph of it, which I will put for Patreons. Um, in there, there it's still there under a smart logoed car cover, and he said, "Because nice. he said to me, he said, yeah, I daily drove that car for sixteen years, and I know we've talked about this car before. On you have as well." Mm. Um, mm. And I said to him, "I said, listen, Gordon, that is a car I would like to buy off you." And, uh, and he looked at me and sort of smiled, and I said, "But I know you don't sell anything, do you?" <laughs> So it's unlikely, but I just want to let it be known that I would absolutely love to buy that smart off you at some point. And I said, has it ever had a short engine? Because I know they a lot of them do, don't they? And he said, no. He said, no, that's that's the original engine. He said, and I've, and I've thrashed wow. that car for 16 years. He said, Main, maintained it well. But yeah, so the GM spec um, smart coupe lives on. Um, I wonder if, though, in the back of his mind, he's thinking... When I've got a spare minute, I'm going to re-engineer some bits of that car. Oh, he- maybe give it a manual gearbox or try and sort out the gearbox a bit more. Maybe give it a little bit more power. Maybe try and take some more weight out of it. Because I remember talking to him years ago. We've talked about this in the pod before. I mean, when mm. I went down to see him and talk smart roadsters because I had a long term. Yeah. And, and he was saying how there's bits of that car that probably add unnecessary weight. And he, he picked on the side rails above the side windows that you can remove to give it full open cockpit. Yeah. But if you've got the canvas roof, obviously you're just motoring that back and forth when you want a bit more fresh air. It's very rare that you bother to take the side rails out when you own one of those cars. And he was like, they could be fixed and then they could be lighter. So I wonder if he's sort of thinking, God, one day, one day I'll make the perfect smart roadster. Because I bet he still loves it for its size. He does still love it. He speaks very fondly of it. Yeah. Mm Hmm. 
And it makes and, and 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 going back to what you said about talking about cars and ultimately ended up getting them. I still want a smart smart roadster coupe. I still really want one. Well, I think it's your turn to go and buy something that you've just mentioned on the podcast no, a few times because I, I can't. Uh, I can't. I've just moved well, house. I'm in a I'm in a rented. I'm in, I'm sitting here in my rented bungalow, and. Um, Life's a bit busy for extra cars at the moment, as much as I'd love to just True. go, yeah, let's pull the trigger on another one. <laughs> and in the words of DJ Khaled, another let's, one. Let's drop the plunger on this one. Yeah, um, another one. Well, actually, I haven't. There's a bit of the my panda buying that I haven't told you about. Oh. Um, my wife's away on business in the US. Oh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Oh, you absolute flute. I've done this saw, before. Right. So, because, you know, we've not long moved house and we're trying to sort of slowly do up bits of our house. Yeah. Which, as anyone who's ever done this knows, is absolute money drain, <clears throat> no matter how you try and do it. And um, so I sold this quite nice watch that I just didn't wear anymore. And I went, oh, I sold the watch. Got, you know, I told her how much she got for it. And she went, that's great. Oh, that'll come in handy. And I said, yeah, I'm going to sell a couple more, I think. As well. She went, oh, cool, OK. I mean... You're not going to go and just buy another watch with them, are you? And I went, no, <laughs> don't be silly. And I haven't. I've just gone and bought another car that I don't really need, but I was just quite fancied. And it's such twatty bloke logic that I've gone, well, you know, I'll save money putting Petra in the Range Rover. I could just drive around in the Panda, sort of disregarding that even in the Range Rover, two grand's worth of fuel would get you quite far. That's not the point. It's also, you know, just it feels less bad for everything to to do local journeys in a small car when the e-app's not around which it often isn't because she takes it to work but she's not at work this week she's in america with work and um so i just sort of haven't told her okay on the basis that it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission okay well um yeah i have done this so we can off 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 air i can talk about how that went down um, okay, and uh, um, that was my Honda S six hundred. Yeah, that was purchased when, um, and then you had it restored, and then you realised you couldn't fit in it, and you had to sell it. Yeah, I mean, okay, not the greatest decision of my life, but it's a it's a it's a box ticked, and and then I had to sell it because COVID and oh. couldn't fit in it. What I was going to say, uh, uh, sorry, I won't wang on about my panda constantly, but um, when I was driving, I was driving at home yesterday. <laughs> I went, I went for a, I went for a snappy down change into second as I turned into a side road, and the gear knob just flew off into the footwell. Did it really? Yeah, I knew that's how we got onto this in the first place because you mentioned panda gear knobs. Yeah, they just flew off. Oh my god! So is thankfully, it, is it I just a, is it a chunky one? Like I was. It's a chunky. It's a it's a fairly chunky fella. Yeah, not as big as the more recent pandas, but it's a pretty chunky one. And um, yeah, it just flew off, and so. Uh, I, I put it back on and I was like, right. And then it started coming off again. I was like, memo to self, just each time you change gear, just, you know, make sure you don't, you don't just sort of like release your hand. Put a thumb a on the top. So that it no, flies put up. a thumb on the top yeah. as you shift. But then I got off the motorway and I thought I'll take the back way to my house. Yeah. Because there's some quite nice country roads if they're clear. And so I got onto the back lane and immediately the first thing that happened, I went, went for a kind of speedy up into third kind of change. And again, gear knob just flew off. I had to pull over and find it under my seat. So I need to fix That's that. That's brilliant. I'm just going to you should, glue it back on, I guess. Well, the perfect time to change the behavioural pattern of your of your manual shifting. My brother and mm. I have this little in-joke from when we were lads. We used to we used to lift um, car share um, to primary school with um, a, a chap at the bottom of the road who still lives there actually called Mister Fitzpatrick, and he was a serial Citroen buyer. He was always oh. into many GSs, many many yeah. many GSs, mm. and of course you'd start it in the morning and you'd have to wait for it to rise up on its suspension and all that stuff. Yeah, but he was yeah. the king of shifting with. The lever with two, two. I'm just doing it now. I'm, d I'm doing it as I as I said. <laughs> two fingers. So your two mm. uh, longest left fi left fingers at right at the base of the gear stick. So you oh. never touch the knob. The knob is never touched. You do not ah. touch the. So no knob touching. 
Was he trying to avoid wearing out? I, I, to this day, we both don't know. But what we used to do is we used to make eye contact with one another when he did it, and then we'd get to school and we would we'd get to school. I'm just thinking about it now. I've never actually talked to anybody else about it. We'd look at one another and we'd go, "What's going on? It's brilliant." And it was all he. Greg would used to he used to gesticulate to me with the two fingers like that, just knocking it from first to second. And it would, and we still do it now. We still talk about the Mr. Fitzpatrick shift. <laughs> do you ever worry that you'll be on your deathbed and this will be the last thing you think about? You'll just think about Mr. Fitzpatrick shifting, and I'll think about an ex-girlfriend telling me about a man with a knob. Like <laughs> and be a night I mean, I suppose you won't be around to regret it, but at the same time, it feels like it may be a waste of like, I, dying breaths. Uh, yeah, knowing me, that probably will be the last thing I say. But lately, I've done lots of reflection. And I've thought to myself, you're supposed to leave a positive legacy in this life, I guess, aren't you? You're supposed to leave something uh, for your children or for your friends. Mm. And I think, do you know what? If nothing else, I'm going to leave a, a hefty swag bag of useless podcasts that people can wade <laughs> through at any point in time and go, oh, look, they're comparing like withered dicks to gear shifters. That's interesting. How? these people ever forge a career in any sort of media <laughs> plainly buffoons and i, I thought think about maybe that. we should just literally leave a legacy oh super you know, one of those sort of like an outback of some sort yeah a really nice one but just just leave it parked somewhere and, and with a with a note in your will have it written into your will should we fill it full of artifacts legacy in the kitchen? Um, yes. so a time capsule legacy yeah should we <laughs> It have to be ex farmer specs, so it's really frilly and tired. Oh no, I'm thinking ex uh, sort of an old money one. Oh, so okay. it's tidy and well maintained. And I mean, come on, this is your legacy you're leaving behind here. Okay, so a clean legacy, yeah. and and inside it we will put lots of parcels of interesting artifacts that mean something to us. Yes, maybe that- maybe we should do a Smith and Sniff time capsule. They were really popular when we were at school, weren't they? <laughs> Should we do it? Was well, that one recently? They dug up one of the Blue Peter ones, but it turned out they hadn't sealed it properly. <laughs> it, was just, it was all sodden and foul-smelling <laughs> Really? Yeah, the contents were ruined. But also, it feels like they're being a bit cheaty now. Everyone's got very impatient. You know, They're digging up time capsules that were buried in 1980, and there's a huge swathe of the population go, oh, I remember 1980. And they're going, oh, wow, look, it's got some spangles in it. You go, yeah, I know it has. Look, it's got a picture of a dog. Yeah, we still have those. You're fine. It's not, you know, they're not from like the sort of 16th century or anything. It's, it's, it's all a bit too immediate. Maybe that's a sign of getting old where I'm going. Well, we should. About what, five years ago? Well, if it's the Smith and Sniff legacy, let's put one of those extendable concertina cardboard sunshades in the windscreen and it says, yeah. don't <laughs> fucking open this car for 40 not, years. Not. <laughs> if you do, we'll do you. Yeah. It should really be a Ford Transit, though, shouldn't it? Fucking oh, Transit. I guess so. I just, uh, yes. I've just gone for the, for the double meaning of legacy. Legacy. We haven't. <laughs> We'll workshop this some other time. Um, I, I know. I mean, I don't know why I've thought of this, but this morning, I uh, before before just before we started recording, I uh, I was outside and I saw <laughs> saw a VW T5 van go past, and it had got a plate. The number plate ended in dub. Oh gosh! It was T, and then a number that wasn't five. I'm guessing T5 dub is taken, so it was a two-digit number and then dub Uh, and what i've realized about those is i have like a parasitic opinion about those now i don't have my own opinion i don't really know what my opinion is in fact i sort of think i quite like them but i have your opinion overlaid over mine oh no your opinion has become the parasite on my opinion so every time i see a, a t5 t6 van that's been modified in any way I think of you and what you would think of it, and that's sort of what pops into my head, not anything that I think about them. And I just saw this van this morning, and I just sort of went, oh, God, Johnny would hate that. Listen, look, I need to make this clear. I'm not anti any modified T5, T6 van. I think it's some of which, I think there's a lot of tastelessness around, whereas... Mm. In the olden days of, of modified Volkswagen Type 2s, there used to be some some flair and some class. Mm. Um, mm. And now there's no restraint. I think there's some terrible decals and some appalling body kits, and mm. um, and it has to end. Um, because Well, in fairness, this one only had oversized um, wheels on it, so it was fairly okay. underplayed by, by 
T5 standards. Yes, good, good. Uh, but, but I'd like I'd like Renault traffic crew to up the ante. That's what I'd like. <laughs> I really would. The Renault traffic scene really isn't much, is it? Although... And they're good vans. You see Renault traffics with wheels from another make on them. Yeah, you and do. what is it? What is it that's going to bother me? Is it BMWs? <sighs> I can't remember, but... How do you, do you feel know what about I mean, that? You How see do you them feel around, about that? don't you? It's very well. It's difficult. Mm, it's difficult. It though. is difficult. Mm. It's a tricky area. It is because they're good mm. wheels in isolation, and maybe they're good cars in isolation. But it's like it's a forced marriage situation where yeah, you there ought to be more. It's a bit like putting different light clusters on another car, isn't it? Back back in the olden days, and if it was disguised <laughs> carefully, you were like, bloody hell, they've done a, that was a masterstroke. I didn't even notice mm. that. Mm. But if it's very obvious, it grinds on you, and you go, oh, yeah. I, I mustn't let this happen. But you don't want is to... it Saxo VTS and VTR wheels they stick on those older traffics? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're rare car now, it... aren't they? Well, yeah, but they probably weren't when people were doing it more. Hang on. Renault Traffic 1F. Uh, of course, tra- Traffic. Yes, Renault Traffic. Renault the Renault Traffic. <laughs> well, that's not coming up. Maybe I'm talking horse water. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, not seeing anything. I thought that would pop up a lot, but uh. I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, difficult. It's the same way. There's a Renault uh, Scenic that parks quite yeah. near me, and also a Suzuki Swift of sort of two generations ago, Ooh. where they're both on very generic Halfords wheel trims. Awful. And Awful. it's amazing how, and they're also both in sort of flat, non metallic colours. Yes. And it's amazing how the wheel trims, particularly, just bland out the car to the point of. Irritation. Well, it looks. Well, it looks. It's sort of fascinating. As you kind of go, internal car designers at car companies, they earn their keep with the details which sort of work with the overall design. And when you take those details away, it robs the whole design of some pizzazz. Pizzazz robbers. Quite fascinating. Pizzazz robbers. Exactly. It, it <laughs> Excuse is. me, sir. You seem to have pizzazz robbed your scenic there. Um, it's no. It's, it's fascinating. And the same thing. I think putting alloys from another car company onto something it it sometimes it works but sometimes it doesn't sit right because no. they've come from different places in a weird way maybe it's just a nerdish thing a normal person wouldn't notice but there's something off about it you know we recently talked about um his and hers matching cars um in a on a driveway yes. or, or or something like that in a relationship well where i drop my kids off for the school bus there are his and hers Suzuki wagon R's. And, um, and one of them's red, but it's so faded, I don't actually think it's ever been washed properly or cared for. <laughs> and I'm, or washed too much. Well, or, or, could, or washed with, I don't know, some heavy degreaser like fairy liquid because they were told once that it was a good thing to do. <laughs> and I keep, it's making my eye twitch. I really want to machine polish it, do some vigilante detailing on it to bring it back, <laughs> bring it back from to where it should be. Oh, and I was going to say, do you remember uh, uh, that thing was of Ayrton Senna driving the NSX um, around, I can't remember which circuit it was, actually. The, the, the famous the, clip. The famous clip of Senna pulling out um, aggressively from the pits um, in the NSX, and then there's, there's, there's pedal box cam and windscreen cam of him on it. It's not the Nürburgring, is it? No, I think it's in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, Suzuka. That might be Suzuka, yeah. But I think. Is it, it, I never tire of it. I never tire of it no, because he's, great... he's wearing what looks like, I don't know, town crier shoes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the type I mean, kind of like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, hear ye, <laughs> hear ye, VTEC kicked in. Yo, <laughs> kick it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or Beauty and the Beast shoes, as my brother calls it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So he's wearing <laughs> he's wearing Italian town crier shoes and obviously being at the centre, he's on it in this NSX fully on it lit <laughs> and uh, it's just honestly it's poetry on the one hand but I'm just giggling at the fact it's like dude those I just couldn't I mean they're not 
they're not great shoes, but I mean, they're not hindering his progress whatsoever, <laughs> are they? <laughs> because he's out and center. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, I have to say just a hello and a thank you to an Italian listener. Andy, oh. Andy Bracco, uh, who who got in touch uh, from Milan just to uh, to <laughs> send me a couple of um, Italo disco recommendations. Oh, really? Since we were talking about it, and I made that stupid track about the Fiat Uno. Yeah. So, and I, for some reason, I was just really chuffed. I was like, an actual Italian is recommending Italo disco. It's like I, I, I sort of had this suspicion that Italo disco was a thing that real Italians simply weren't interested in because it's <laughs> slightly crass. But no, well, clearly Andy's into it. So thank you, Andy, for that. I, I love that. Thank you. It's nice to get international listeners um, calling in yeah. and saying hi and spreading the, spreading the word. Spreading the word, spreading the love. We are, we are, we'd, we'd like to imagine we're global, even though... You know, uh, we talk an awful lot of parochial nonsense. We do. Um, oh, now, just I, since we're talking about VW vans and, mm. and, and by association, your opinions, I never brought up in the aftermath of our live show at Morgan. Yeah. Our journey back to the hotel when, when, your, when your trenchant opinion about air conditioning came to bite us on the arse. Oh, because Matty, the videographer, drove us back to the hotel yeah. in that caddy California. Yeah. And you insisted on turning the air conditioning off. And then the whole thing steamed up and Matty couldn't see where he was going. Yeah. And I'm sure we came very close to just driving across a roundabout or something. And and you, and you steadfastly refused to turn the aircon back on again on principle. So we just... It's con refusal. just turned the blower up, which made things even worse. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't bring this and up. I Richard. was very tired and I had a beer and I just, I had, I just thought I was going to sit in the back and enjoy this spectacle unfurling until we collide with a lamppost because it was just comical with Matty Matty going I could just turn the air conditioning on and you go no we're not doing that no, that's not happening no, we don't need, we don't to, need to do that it's a bit like, it's a bit like it's a bit like phoning a friend on um, on who wants to be a millionaire it, it, you just you, you try not to ever use it no 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 but it is like that in that it's a useful thing to fall back on if you need it and in that situation we needed to phone a friend our friend was the air conditioning unit in the car that would have immediately got rid of all the fuck that was was on the screen. Did you notice obscuring the driver's view? Notice that when I turn the fans up to seven or whatever they go up to on that car. <laughs> did you notice that all all that was visible were two nostrils in the on the yes. windscreen? It's just two nostrils of of, of, of viewing. Oh look, it wasn't my finest hour. And I apologise <laughs> to you, and I apologise to Matty, and I apologise to the Caddy California. Oh, Joe, it's no, gone back. No. Went back yesterday. I'm really missing it. I never Only yesterday? I, yeah, I managed to... Wow. Well, I managed to extend its loan a little bit because I actually loved oh. it so much. And I, I have filmed a review on it that isn't out yet. But I, I, mm. I don't know. I've, 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 I've really got fond of it. We, we've, we've had some times together. Mm. And, it's, um, and it's really wonderful. Oh, I know I was going to say to you was, um, I'm sorry for sending you those pictures uh, inside... The Gordon Murray toilet. Um, to oh, your yeah. WhatsApp. Um, I don't know what. I don't know why I did that, but I realised it might not have been appropriate. Uh, I should have sent you probably. I think I might have sent you the picture of um, the coffee cup that I got given uh, to drink coffee out of the ice cream cup. Did you see the ice cream? No, you didn't send me a picture of that. You sent me a picture of you having a poo in Gordon Murray's outside loo, but you, somehow yeah. the mug yeah slipped through the cracks. Oh, so. okay. Well, yeah, the, the Gordon Murray outside toilet at, um, at GMA, next to the Ox, if you remember the Ox um, mm. vehicle. Brilliant. Really, really I'll brilliant. Very, it. very I heavy door and heavy lock to the... Really? To, yeah. I noticed very that. The, the, very thick. But I think it's a historic building. It's an old clock tower that oh, okay. was a convent. So I think there's, there's history right. to that. Um, okay. Um, if... It's share. I think that's shareable, isn't it? I'll put it on the Patreon. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't loop. care anymore. I mean, I live in a bungalow, <laughs> and um, I've got exceptional <laughs> insulation in the loft, so I'm living the dream. Yeah, don't get me started on insulation. I've got really good um, insulation. I feel like I'm... Well, my son put it perfectly. He walked in, and obviously the house is still unpacking lots of things, and he said, do you know, this is like a... It feels a lot like grandma and grandpa's house, this does. 
And I was like, yes, it does. And I said, but but in a good way. And he went, yes, in a good way, in a good way. It feels friendly and warm. And it's like, yes, it does. There is a bit of Artex on the ceiling, granted. Mm. There is a brick fireplace with a Mm. faux fire, but that's okay. We can live with that. Classic. Good. But it's got a carport, Richard. (sighs) Another carport. Gone out of fashion, hasn't it, the carport? It's a lesser seen thing. Um, and I think this was factory fit when it was, was built of this particular property because the other ones, the other bungalows next, the, 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 there's eight of them, I think, in total. They all have identical factory spec um, carports in front of the garage, and I love it. I'm really excited about it. It's substantial. It's light and airy. Um, These are 70s bungalows. Yeah, I'm going to say 70s. I'm going to say mid-70s. That's... Because I think you can chart the evolution of the car through <coughs> the evolution of the garage and the carport. Because garages, you buy like a 30s, 40s house, if it's got a garage, it'll probably be too small for a modern car. Yeah. And then 50s, probably all right. And, you know, sort of, but then 50s and 60s houses almost certainly would have a garage if they're beyond a certain size uh, because people had cars but the cars ideally needed to be kept indoors or they'd just go rusty and they'd probably still go rusty even then yes and then the 70s into the 80s it's like maybe you can leave cars outside maybe they're not as bad as they used to be it's totally the true carport was the good sort of halfway house <laughs> you want to keep the car out of the rain because it will still rust eventually but they're not as bad as they used to be a car can be allowed to get cold now because they've started winter testing them and then we come to the modern age where actually, you know, garages tend to be, you know, on older houses, garages get turned into another room or a home gym or something like that because you can leave a car outside in all weathers like a sheepdog. It's true. It's the so carport true. carport is a, is a little dog. hangover from a specific time when cars were getting a bit more reliable and a bit rest, less rusty, but not totally reliable or rust-proofed. And also affluent households in the 70s, they wanted to be able to go out in the morning to their car, not bother opening a garage door, but also not mm. get wet and probably mm. not need to de, um, de-mist or uh, yeah. de-ice their vehicle. And I have to say, I did it last night. I reversed the car right up to the back door and got my shopping out the boot, and it was raining, and it felt good. It felt like I was in control. It felt like I That's was... Nice. <laughs> i'm having a partridge moment let me do that um and i would like to sign off by saying we still get quite quite a few photographs and mentions of mitsubishi jet towel hand dryers (laughs) in in gents toilets which i do appreciate i really do appreciate that um but yeah i we we like the jet towels i would offer a small plea uh that you don't need to send us suggestions for johnny's um alternative shows because we get dozens nay hundreds of them yeah many the same which is quite spooky. oh really okay some suggesting things we've already done which is just inattentive goes to the back of the class <laughs> yeah we get loads and loads and loads and loads of those so we don't we probably don't need any more thank you um pictures of jet towels we've got plenty of those as well but if you do see one in a good location then why not it, it still amuses me that people are taking pictures of hand dryers in men's loose just because of us and it is always men's loose as well i don't think we have a single jet towel I don't know if, from a female listener. So. There, surely there must be jet towels in female toilets. I mean, there can't be. I don't know. Well, maybe this is a call to arms. The yeah. women who listen to Smith and Sniff, if you see a jet towel in a loo, take a picture of it, send us in. I mean, I, I it, met it's a, look the same as the one in the men's. I, I met a lady who listens to the, this podcast um, at the Retro oh, really? Rides Gathering last weekend. Yeah, yeah, the other weekend. So thank you very much. I actually don't know your name. I'm sorry, but we had a good chatter. And uh, she, I think she was, she was slightly offended that I thought that only men would want to listen to the podcast. So, anyway, it's very nice if you are a, a female listener. Then um, I don't know, just send us a picture of a hand dryer, or, or just send us a hi, and we'll read out some messages. From... I've been alerted. Uh, I've been alerted to the fact that Mitsubishi have made other interesting things over the years, but one of them, and I didn't know this until this morning, and I've got to mention it before we go. They yeah. made a scooter in, I think, the 50s, called Hmm. the Mitsubishi Silver Pigeon. (laughs) I I kid you not. Seriously. This was brought to my attention by somebody on Twitter called Alan Blackmore, who lives in Perth, Western Australia. And he said, 
that's got Carl Pervert written all over it. And sure enough, it does. I think this might be even better than the Jet Tell. The, the Silver Pigeon scooter is quite something to look at. Spindly front end, a very, very large seating area, which looks a little bit like a, a chody Dalek, I'm going to say. It's really wow. quite an impressive machine. Um, so thanks for that. I appreciate that. Crikey. All right. Well, as ever, I'll try and find a picture and put it on the uh, Patreon. Silver uh, Pigeon. Speaking of which, if you'd like to support this channel, uh, patreon.com forward slash smith and sniff quid a month is all we ask. If uh, you're feeling generous, helps us to justify doing this. Uh, might help me to stop my wife leaving me when she realises I've bought a car we don't need. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to get in touch about any of the things we've talked about here or anything at all, hello at smithandsniff.com is the address. For now, particularly because the fucking gardener next door has started doing some leaf-blowing nonsense again. Oh, no. To hear. What a stroke. We should probably bring this one back down to earth but before we go i have three things to tell you they are one johnny has a solo youtube channel it's called the papal rake show in which johnny <laughs> investigates the relative reclining positions of pontiffs through history uh, this week pope gregory the 16th he's about 35.6 <laughs> degrees if you find that total bollocks it's because it is and instead you should watch the late break show lots of excellent videos about cars and people who love them on there second thing i've got to tell you is i've got various books out uh, one of them is called boring country of your three why not did that one last week do it again please go and buy it uh if you do that enough i'll do a fourth one at some point i dare you uh and the third thing i've got to tell you is that the first ever episode of colombo was directed by steven spielberg well bugger me i didn't know that all right uh until the same time next week when we'll do all this again thank you for listening goodbye bye now love you And this is a podcast where we talk about things and cars and things. Things and many other cars. Yes. Things. And also... And also... <laughs> and knobs and gear shifts. Gear knobs and knobs. Knobs and knobs and knobs. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 